Welcome to the Fear Free Childbirth and Motherhood podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and motherhood with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing tips to help you to get into the fearless mindset. For mindset support on the journey to motherhood, visit fearlessmamaship.com where you can clear your fears, anxieties and stresses with the support of a community that gets you. And now, time for the show. Hello, my name's Alexia and I want to introduce a guest I'm going to be speaking to shortly called Sovereign. Now, we're going to be discussing uh, birth and the importance of birth, the sacred nature of birth and how men can get involved in the birthing process. A lot of my podcast episodes on the Fear Free Childbirth podcast is is really about helping women to prepare for pregnancy, for birth, and helping them to let go of the fear. And a lot of that is around becoming informed, more about the birthing process, more about what to expect, and how to eliminate fears, build emotional resilience, so that they can face birth. and be present for an event that has the capacity to truly transform at the very, very deep level and to really experience something that can be immensely magical and amazing. Um, But all of that takes preparation. All of that requires you to step up and to show up. And that's not easy for everyone to do. And that's what I would like for everybody is for them to be able to sort of step up in the way that birth calls us to do, but that, that many of us struggle to do. And the way that I do that is by really focusing on the emotional journey, letting go of the traumas, letting go of the fears, but also doing some more practical things in terms of educating yourself around the birthing process so that you can really go into this whole experience well-informed. Um, now, one thing that's that I really want for the people that are bringing children into the world today is really for that to come from both the mother and the father. And the person I'm going to speak to today, really, he helps and supports men in helping them to step up and show up for birth. And some of the stuff that he talks about is really, really important that I think for both men and women to hear, because there really are just some truths shared today as part of this conversation that are that are for everyone. So um, without going on any further, I'm just going to hand over to the time that I spoke with Sovereign all about the sacred nature of birth and how men can support women through that process and show up for them in a really meaningful way that's going to be, that's going to create a ripple effect of, of magic, of beauty that goes way beyond the moment of birth and enables the man to really be there for the woman in 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 a, in a way that is going to enable her to truly feel empowered he will feel empowered i don't want to go on anymore because you've just got to hear it from the man himself okay here's the time i spoke to someone i hope you enjoy this chat hello thank you so much for joining me For this conversation, I can't wait to dive in. We're going to be touching on many, many fascinating topics, which I think are going to include things like birth, trauma, femininity, masculinity, some really important topics today. But before we just dive into the conversation, would you mind just introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about like who you are and what you get up to these days? So great. Well, I am Sovereign, and that is a beautiful sound that many people would relate to be like, oh, well, that's an interesting name. Um, I use it as a sound because 
I am that, but you all are that. We all are that. And for me to be able to carry that sound for myself um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a name, so to speak, or as a coat, um, I am very much aware that I need to see everybody else as sovereign. If I, if I put other people down or I put myself over them, well, I, I pretty much lose my sovereignty if I want to be in that self-sovereign space. So I have studied human ecology and human nature through the study of syntropic agroforestry, which is the most advanced form of regenerative agriculture. And we won't go there. But what I did in all my findings of syntropy is that I applied the strategies of life. And one of the core notions is that everything in life is performing a function with purpose. I applied that onto our human ecology because I was really trying to address my male issues with how to how to relate to my feelings, how to make sense out of these emotional reactions. And when I started using syntropy and seeing life through the lens of a syntropic natural way of relating to life, I was getting so many answers that in the Western societal framework, I never got access to. So for me, that became the missing link. It, it birthed for me a tremendous amount of inspiration to share out around syntropy, but really around human nature and how we can become free again, how we can become self-sovereign again, how we can dissolve those barriers or those distortions that we may feel that are alive for us when we navigate relationships, when we are having to still go to work and, and the environment there is a little bit toxic. How can we become masters in our own navigation by creating more emotional freedom and more mastery over our own beingness, really our own sovereignty and how to reclaim that, how to step back into that. And what I discovered through that is that everything really started for everyone at birth. And I'm passionate about natural birthing, natural pregnancy. I'm very passionate about supporting men, fathers to be or existing fathers that have questions to, to share with them my findings on how we can really raise our children, how we can truly give them what we didn't get. And just because we didn't get it, we also didn't get imprinted in how to do that. But we can remember that so easily. And so I'm very passionate to speak on that topic because that's how we are going to create a generational transition out of the emotional dark age into a generation of younglings, as I like to call them, that know who they are. They have been seen, they have been loved, they have been heard, and they are so much more resilient in a world that is and has been progressively grown to become more complicated to navigate, more intense to figure out how to, how to get ahead of the game, so to speak. And if we have more resiliency within, wow, then we have so much more capacity to deal with the world of men and, and all of the aspects that are part of that. Yeah. So let's start with birth, because <clears throat> I agree with everything you just said. There's so much I want to dive into, but I'd just love to hear from the perspective of birth and how we can support men to be to, to really take advantage of the, the beauty of that birth moment that, that it is. Because I think a lot of men find it potentially quite difficult to get involved in, in preparing for birth because, you know, it's the woman that's experiencing that process. Um, and then when during the birth, some of them feel a little bit left out. They're not quite sure what to do. So they might resort to being very practical, making sure that the 
things are ready. So in your view, how can men get more involved and really be part of this in a, in a more kind of, in a, in a real way that is really going to sort of really create something that's going to be so magical for him as well? Yeah, so wonderful. Well, first of all, procreation is, and really life in and of itself, is really sacred. When we start looking at the incomprehensible nature of our human experience, nobody makes our our heartbeat. It does it for itself. We don't have to think about our breathing. It's like we take all of that for granted. But when we take a moment to really look at the moment of conception, you know, the sperm and the egg coming together in an act of love, in an act of passion. And what we end up with later, nine months through the pregnancy, a new soul, a spirited, self-spirited human being comes through the woman into the physical world here on the earth. And so it's very important to just right out of the gate, recognize that birth is sacred. Mm-hmm. And that may be a word that isn't very commonly used <clears throat> in our today's societal framework, but that being the present, the, the, the real entry point by which we approach birth and pregnancy. And if that gets clicked in for a man to recognize that, yeah, it's a long nine month process, but it is a sacred ongoing developing of this beautiful offspring of a baby inside the recognition that there is there is sacredness involved in that allows a predisposition of reverence to come in Mm -hmm. and reverence is something that is another word that maybe isn't very commonly used but reverence is having a sense of the sanctity of what we're witnessing and just adopting those two standpoints birth is sacred life is sacred with that and, and cultivating an awareness of having reverence for the immaculate, unexplainable, amazing, beautiful process of life gestating. Uh, you know, the, the, the belly keeps growing and, and, and the woman is doing everything, but she's not thinking about doing it. Mm-hmm. It is happening innately. It is a blueprint of our human ecology, of our human family. And when we start recognizing that that the creation process of new human life is actually really special, when we enter in as men into that understanding, we will be able to drop a whole lot of the uncomfortable feelings because we will have a doorstopper in our mind that says, oh, hang on, we're dealing with, with actually, this is my, this is our child, this is my child. This is a sacred process, and I have an opportunity to show up in that powerfully with reverence, or I can disassociate and disconnect or feel uncomfortable, and particularly that sense of feeling uncomfortable because the baby isn't gestating in his physicality, and it's a good thing that you know men weren't predispositioned with that because... I don't think that we would have a lot of humans on this earth right now. I have such reverence for the sacred nature of woman's capacity to to birth new human life and spirited souls onto this earth. It's so special. And, and, and how come it's so special? Because all women can do it. Is there's, there's no other form 
of technology or machinery or you name it that can bring in a spirited and souled human being onto this earth plane. And to me, when we as men start recognizing, all right, this is actually a beautiful, sacred and spiritual process. Mm. He comes into the conversation and his energy is in that frequency of having more reverence. And that may take training. She feels that mm. she feels appreciated she feels seen she feels that she's understood even though he doesn't understand it just coming in with reverence is something that really sets a beautiful tone during the journey of pregnancy and then into the pr process of birth if a man understands that that process is a sacred passage it's a sacred rite of passage for the woman into motherhood and for him into fatherhood, he will be able to discover very beautiful, powerful roles inside of that space where he's not just handing it over because he doesn't know. There are so many ways that he can show up powerfully, but it starts with having reverence and respect and a sense of willingness to connect with the process, even though he cannot emotionally or physically really feel what what it is that she is going through mm. it it's a different tone and that's a great great entry point to start with yeah everything you just said about this opportunity that pregnancy that birth presents to sort of raise consciousness get more in touch with our feelings our emotions and really connect to the sacred the the, the potential transformational power of that whole process in terms of your spirituality that all of that is, is there for women too. And a lot of women don't engage on that level either because they are confronted with their own fears. I work a lot with women that have got extreme fears and phobias around birth. So they find it very, very hard to connect to the process. They might even fear the whole process enormously. But those fears, because they're rooted in trauma, a lot of men are going to have those fears too. So when I talk about tocophobia, which is the extreme fear of birth and pregnancy, I think we are seeing a lot of men experiencing these fears. They can't be present in the birth space. They don't want to engage very much during the pregnancy process because they're facing their fears. And for women that, in my view, I see the whole pregnancy journey as being a huge opportunity to quote, face up to your fears, to really up-level yourself as a human being, to stop those patterns that don't serve you so that you don't pass them on, so that you are the pattern breaker and that you break the generational trauma, you break all that and you don't pass it on because that time of conception and of gestation is imprinting on the little one as they're absorbing those frequencies, absorbing those messages. So I think for women, it's a massive opportunity to step up. And what you're saying, which I totally agree with, is it's an opportunity for the guy to step up massively too. And for, for, for both to be doing this together, I think just creates such a beautiful overall process but I'm just wondering how if there are men that that have fears that, that don't really know where to start that feel a little bit well I don't know what to do Sovereign what would you say to those men that are a little bit lost in this process that sort of love what you're saying but can't actually go well okay I like what you're saying but now what, what do I do now how do I go about doing this yeah it's so good and I can totally relate to that because that's exactly where I was and so what may be relevant is just to share my first birth experience. I was born in the Netherlands. Home birth has always been, you know, just just a, the normal choice. And that's not been like that in many other countries where 
we have really shifted out of a home birth midwifery environment into just doing everything in the hospital. Mm. And what happens when we when we go down that route, we really relinquish our own power in, in that process because once you step through those doors, um, you're going to be taken care of, but it's going to be on their terms and not on your terms. And so my experience with my firstborn um, was beautiful in a way, but it was very new. I was I was just predispositioned to know that home birth was the way to do it. And I knew that we would, I, I had a deep trust in woman's capacity, my wife's capacity to birth, because of that being just so commonplace in my own programming. Mm. Uh, yeah, going through the process was really intense. And it was it was very much um, not necessarily traumatic going through the process, but what happened after the birth, I, I've never actually thought, so what do we do once the baby is out? <laughs> yeah. So once the baby was out, I got given the scissors and they said, uh, said to me, so now, now it's your time, dad, you get to uh, cut the cord as if that's some sort of privileged um, role that, that the man has and, and seemingly the only role because he seems to, of course, not be actively involved in doing the birthing. And so that sense of disempowerment in that birthing space, I really, really understand. And then I thought I would feel empowerment by being the one that finally got a job, that finally got an assigned role to cut the cord. And that was my biggest trauma in the entire birth experience of our son. And the reason being is that that cord didn't feel like it wanted to be cut. It, it on, on an internal, innate level, it felt wrong. It felt off. And I did it anyways, but the cord, of course, slipped out of the brand new scissors that just came out of the little sleeve. And it was such a tumultuous event in the middle of the night. Um, I obviously didn't do enough preparation personally for it. My wife did hypnobirthing and we had a, and we had a swimming pool blown up and I was busy filling it with the warm water. <laughs> it was all of those things. And in hindsight, um, I became really clear that with our next child, or if we were to have another child, I was never going to cut that cord again. I didn't want to fall into that same disempowered state where my only role was, was severing the baby from the placenta. And I started doing my research and then I realized, wow, this is not just my, my feeling feelings were feeling traumatized. I actually realized how wrong foundation in lead is to have that severance of the cord happen right after birth. And tapping that then into your question around you know, what, what, what practical ways can men do to familiarize themselves in this space? Well, of course it all starts that day that you hear from your beautiful partner that she is pregnant. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. It's not like you saying, hey, I, uh, I think you're pregnant. Um, no, <laughs> he knows. And from that moment, what really helps, and this is what I teach in my workshops to men that are interested to actually empower themselves, is that you start with recognizing that it's not she who is pregnant. It's not my wife or my girlfriend or my partner. She is pregnant. No, you change she for we. And what that does on a illogical level is that you form a union 
It is you and her that are going through a period of pregnancy. Yes, she is carrying, of course, your child. And yet when you put yourself out of the frequency that she is the one who's pregnant, but that you are part of that story by just replacing that into we, what happens is that you are consciously partnering with her to be in an active process and that you are able to show up in that however it is. But if you stay true to the narrative that it's the we in the togetherness of the partnership, it's going to foundationally shift something that is really relevant that most men don't recognize or see before they actually start practicing that. And what happens is that when you see your woman being pregnant as a we process and you talk to your friends and your relationships in that way, she feels protected. Mm -hmm. She doesn't feel isolated as in she is the one who is pregnant and I'm just here over here being the man and she's doing everything. No, you're on a journey together. She feels in that space. She feels maybe not consciously, but on an internal level, she feels held, she feels safe, and she feels that you are with her. Because one of the greatest fears that comes up for women during the early stages of pregnancy, is he going to is he going to want to have this baby with me? Is yeah. is he going to stick it out with me? Is he going to be there? And I understand very deeply where the roots of those fears come from, stemming from trauma, stemming from their own birth and their own imprinting during their pregnancy in the womb of their mother, where mom was having those fears. Oh, if it's not a boy, will the generation before us, and and particularly the generation before that, Women were afraid that if the second child wasn't going to be a boy, that, oh my God, because, you know, we want to put the lineage forward and we want to provide the man with a boy because a, a father wants a boy. And this is another element that in the constellation and the partnership and the journey of we together becomes really significant mm -hmm. that he voices right out of the gate that not only after he deals with the, okay, wow, that's, I didn't see that coming. How do I feel about it? As soon as he's pulled himself together, that he really commits himself to the knowing that the unique soul that is coming through is going to be perfect. Whether it's a boy or whether it's a girl, it's going to be his child. It's going to be, you know, their child, but in that sense, our child. And it's that language of our, it's that language of we, and it's that commitment to showing up in those early weeks for her to say, wow, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot, but I want you to know that I'm in this with you. What shifts for her with those primary fears that are really active in those early weeks and months is that those get soothed out. They get smoothed out very early on. And what happens is that she gets to glow. She gets to celebrate this new experience. She gets to actually feel safe and protected simply by expressing the words, I am with you. We are pregnant together. I'm on this journey. And, and even though as a man, I don't know how to navigate this because this is new. I want you to know that I'm, that I'm in this with you. And what shifts in her 
is no longer this like, ah, oh, is he really going to, which then triggers men to be like, whoa, what's happening? She's pulling at me and, and I don't know yet. And what she's really looking for is for him to quote unquote show up. And that part of showing up is really eloquently eased and, and kind of moved through by simply saying, babe, I want you to know that how I see this pregnancy is that we are pregnant together. Mm -hmm. I'm your partner and I'm going to do what I can with however I need to show up more or different or, or in a, in a, in a way that, that really performs a, a, a function for us to navigate this together. I'm going to show up for you, but I'm going to show up for us. I'm going to show up for our child. Mm. And that's, that's a shift away from having her in her own body experiencing a pregnancy where she is pregnant, where he now says, well, I can't carry that pregnancy, but I am part of this story. This was our creation. This was us coming together and procreating our new child to be. And what that sets the pregnancy stage, uh, the, the, the first trimester up for is so much more connection, so much more ability to celebrate. And what that opens up, because she's at ease, he's going to be able to step into more space where he's like, wow, okay, she's she's not pulling, he's not looking for security, and she's not like making it hard on me. He's going to feel like, hey, I, I can do more in this space. Mm -hmm. I can with her more. So there's a lot of empowerment just beginning that comes about when we shift away from she to we. Mm. And as you're saying that, you know, you said, you know, she's carrying the pregnancy. And what I was hearing is that he is carrying them. Like he's the container within which she can sit comfortably knowing that she is held, knowing that she can have her ups and downs, the, the fears that she's got because she is being held and he is the strong container. He is the masculine and she is the feminine. And, and almost by acting in that way, you're really strengthening the masculine and the feminine within each of you, which actually helps to bring about a more healthy feminine expression in her and a more healthy masculine expression in him. Whereas I feel like what you were saying before is when, when they're both a little, he's not committing to that we language, she it's making her be needy because she really wants to hear it. She's not hearing it. So she becomes this naggy, naggy, toxic feminine. And he then becomes this away, away, scary, scary, toxic masculine. And then it creates this huge division. Whereas actually when you kind of bring it in, that just creates a space for the healthy expression of both masculine and feminine. Is it, do you, do you agree with that? Or what's your view on that? Yeah. Well, what, what, what I share with men, and I really share in, in other workshops as well. I go a lot into the English syntax and, and the language that we have been brought up with that we don't necessarily question um, any given moment of the of the day because we just use it unconsciously, consciously. We, it's our means of expression. But English is a contract-based language. And it was created purely for the expansion of empire and having it really function properly for uh, trade, commerce, and contracting. And commerce being such a predominant aspect of our Western society, of course, that's all been by design that way. Um, there are intrinsic contracts in English language that most humans aren't aware of, and most men don't know neither. But we is a contract. So if you think about a contract, there are always multiple parties to a contract, because otherwise, you know, it's it's just a a fantasy. And 
when two parties come together, there is an agreement. And in the English language, we is comprised of maybe one or uh, two or more individuals. And <clears throat> when the language of we is being used in context of pregnancy and relationship, particularly in the commitment to showing up for us, showing up in the we form, what there is being sounded out is that he is initiating a contract where she, wherein she all of a sudden can feel safe. Mm. And that's very subconsciously, it's very unconsciously registered. But I can tell any man that if he starts shifting away from she into babe, we are pregnant. And she may first be like, wow, that's where did that come from? Well, I'm recognizing that I don't want you to feel that you alone are pregnant. I don't want to talk to my friends anymore, that it's just you who's pregnant. This is a journey that we started together. It was us coming together. And I want to see it that it is we who are pregnant. And I, in that, I get to discover on how I can show up more powerfully and have more roles and more functionality while you're growing our beautiful new child. Mm. So in terms of showing up, because I want to try and make it practical for those, the men that might be listening, okay, great, I can start saying we, brilliant. Now what? <laughs> so when you say show up, um, what, what are some of the ways you think men can show up to be really um, part of that process and in, in a way that really empowers them as well? Well, there's, there's, there's beautiful, supportive ways. And they're very practical. So here we go. <laughs> One of the things that really soothes uh, a woman's nervous system and her body that is going through huge changes, hormonal changes, um, identity changes. There's so much changing because all of a sudden she's growing a whole new human being inside of her and her body is being, being taken over almost literally. And... One of the ways that he can show up out, outside of saying, hey, babe, I'm going to go get the groceries and I'm going to go make sure that, you know, you're all set up for whatever or make her coffee or make her tea. These are all lovely things. But really on a nervous system level and on a body relate level, one of the really great ways that a man can show up after he comes home from his work and he's tired, he's there and he's in the wee. So what then is his capacity to show up? Because most men would say, well, I've just done like nine hours of you know heavy activity to support us financially. So, so that is what I am doing. And if she can't recognize that that's worth value enough, then well, there's something that um, is out of place here. Now he comes home and with the awareness that he has power within him to show up meaningfully, he gets to choose a whole variety of beautiful ways to make her feel that he is with her. Wow. And the best and most functional way is simply touch. Now, this may sound a bit, you know, like, well, okay, yeah, we kiss each other on the cheek when I come home or no. She sits on the bar stool at the kitchen um, bar or, or at the kitchen table. She's sitting down and you just place your hand in between her shoulder blades and you just gently give her a rub when you give her a kiss. You say, hey, babe, I love you. And instead of then saying, all right, now I'm going to go get my drink out of the fridge, you actually land your two hands on her shoulders and you just give her that soft 
emphasis on soft, soft hand touch massage. You move your thumb up into her neck and you, you make sure it's nice and gentle. And what happens in her whole body, because she's been navigating everything during the day with life and whatever has been part of her navigation, she's had a full day as well on top of <laughs> um, having a full day inside, she's had a full day outside and it really just calms down her nervous system. You come home and you show up, even though you're tired, you recognize I have a powerful role to play for my woman. And what happens as she feels that touch, she feels seen, she feel, feels held, she feels that she can relax. She feels that you are there for her. Her body just kind of goes, oh, that's so nice, babe. And you know what the beauty of this is? This is that this is that part that actually innately turns men on. And maybe not in a sexual way, but in a purpose way. Mm. She all of a sudden starts emanating this energy of like, oh, wow, thank you. I feel so nice. Now we're being thanked for our what? Just just some touch? Like, okay, this is good. Well. It doesn't stop there because it's like, all right, I do that for a couple of minutes and then what? Well, outside of the emotional checking in that can be done, which may take some training, it is just really good for men to have it said that at least once a week in the first trimester, preferably twice a week at night when you're both watching some telly or you're just lying in the bed and, and doing some relaxation, you actually get up and you said, babe, give me your foot. And you go to town on that lovely foot of hers. Now, if you know anything about reflexology, if you know anything about how it can be um, relieving stress, it can be elevating mood around having your feet massaged, you know, we're standing on them all day long. For a woman who's pregnant, it is like a glorious gift and so the objective is to at least twice a week, just put it in your calendar and just tell her like it can be very, very practical. Hey, babe, tonight at 715, I'm going to message both your feet for 15 minutes. I want you to be available for that. And she's like, OK, <laughs> she's asked. Yep. Yes. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> He's taking control. I am available for that. And you really just make that a practice where you give her that 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 not too strong touch but you really massage her feet it sends frequency now here's the rub of that pun intended it sends a frequency throughout her whole body that moves into your baby mm. where she develops oxytocin she develops a a an affinity feeling of love towards you serving her you showing up powerfully and that emotive release biochemically runs now into your child. And so you massaging very practically her feet is giving her a sense of like, wow, look at this man. And you're thinking, well, I'm just massaging her feet. She is coming into ease and into grace. And it may for some women be a little bit uncomfortable. It's like, wow, he's never done this before. But you make that a practice. You are actually finding a way to communicate to your baby because you are stimulating her feet. You are giving her relaxation. She feels loved and touched and all of those beautiful feminine 
qualities that come about with that, that goes into your baby. And really on a neurochemical associative level, within a couple of weeks, your baby in her womb is recognizing that there is a regular interval where mom releases all of these really nice feelings that he or she is now swimming in, literally. Mm. She's receiving that. And it's associated to something particularly um, connected to you there being close by. And what you do in that, you are able to communicate indirectly with your own baby that is growing. And that may sound a little bit airy-fairy, but I can tell you when she shows you how that makes her soft and how that makes her feel so great and she starts sounding it out, you're going to feel your power. You're going to feel like, whoa, I have a whole level of power that I didn't, I thought that showing up as a man was to, to bring the bread on the table and to, you know, clean whatever needs cleaning or whatever needs mowing or whatever needs fixing. But all of a sudden you're tapping into a level of power that during the entire period of your pregnancy is going to be built on. And what you're really building on is your relationship to your child that is going to be birthed into your world. And that there's really immense, beautiful power in that if yeah. men were willing to really sit with that and say, well, can I do that? It's not a question of like, oh, how does it, how, how, how is like, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to experiment with that? Go do it. Yeah, it's not. And, and, and one caveat to it, you got to commit to it for a whole two months. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to see how this goes. I'm going to give it a try. And she's weirded out. You've never massaged your feet before. <laughs> so she's like, okay, yeah, that's enough, babe. Because she's like a little bit uncomfortable. Now you instruct her. You say, babe, I want to massage your feet for 15 minutes. And I want you to sit on this, this particular couch because I want to do it here. And she's like, okay, that's that's how I want. That's what I want to do for you with you. And when she receives that quote unquote instruction or that offer to have that be received, she also has to be willing to sit through those first 15 minutes. And if it is uncomfortable for her because she gets a little bit, oh, I don't know, just just allow her to have her time to kind of get comfortable with that. And, and when you finish the first 15 win- minutes, you tell her on Friday, I'm going to do this again at 7.15. And she's going to be like, okay, when a man declares and proclaims his intention to his partner or his wife, she's going to be like feeling like, oh, I feel protected. Oh, he's got intention for you know days ahead. And although this was maybe a little bit new to me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show up for that because she also wants to serve him. It sounds maybe weird, but that's that's really what coming together is, is serving each other powerfully. So she wants to then show up for that. Mm. That process, whatever you just described is just so potent in, in so many ways. I love you've just, how you've talked about it. And I want to add another layer to that because one thing I'm finding with a lot of the work that I'm doing today, is I work a lot around trauma release now. And one of the aspects or one of the traumas that are coming up for many in my clients is the traumas that are embedded in utero. And these are experiences that the baby has experienced while in the womb 
that has experienced that the mother's experience and they just because they are all they are both as one the baby's experiencing that too and so if the mother feels rejected or abandoned then the baby is born with abandonment trauma already imprinted within their emotional system so when you are doing what you just described and bathing the woman not only does she definitely not feel abandoned in that moment and she's swimming in all the good juices but the baby's feeling that and so you're protecting this baby from I mean, God, the, the the food. If you think about the nourishment, the 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 all the. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's just so wonderful what you described, and so simple. Like any guy that that struggles with this has just got to have a word with himself. I think because it's such a simple thing to just sit down and do a fifteen minute massage. But the the benefits, like you say, communication with the child, but also this this setting up a, a healthy emotional blueprint for the child, because that is what children need today that's what we all need today is emotional resilience emotional mastery and a lot of that we need to build today and it's about letting go of our traumas letting go of our triggers letting go of our emotional crap and some of those traumas were embedded way before we had a say in the matter so this is really setting up something that's so important for your child that is just I cannot even impress on it enough really that this is this is such a beautiful thing that you shared so I just want to thank you for sharing that because I think it's so simple and so wonderful um yeah. I want to now jump to when you mentioned the cord and I think I really want to talk about the cord because I've had on on my fear-free childbirth podcast at least you know the, the midwives talking about how it's you know mustn't cut the cord before a certain time but you it sounded like when you were invited to cut the cord that you really felt on an intuitive level that this was something that you really mustn't do so I wouldn't mind just understanding a little bit more about where your head was at there. And now since you've kind of expanded your knowledge around all that, where you sit today with this, with the cord and the placenta and that moment of birth when the baby comes out. Yeah, beautiful. I don't remember seeing the placenta of our firstborn. And when you, when you think about inside of the womb, what actually forms the baby outside of all the beautiful embryonic fluid that also infuses and, and it's it's it, it's a magical realm. It's it's a creative creatrix of of absolutely unimaginable potency. It's life itself in action. The placenta is what really forms the baby. It's through the umbilical cord that from this amazing organ that looks rather strange. There are all the codes and all the layers of biology, all of that human blueprint is coming through that and is forming and is layering and is really creating your child. Mm -hmm. And to step into the space of birth in that understanding that birth is sacred, then there is a natural process to birth. And in nature, how the birthing process would go is that the baby is born, then the placenta gets birthed. And the, when the placenta comes out, uh, outside of the, the hormonal flip that happens after the baby is already through and the placenta still has to come out, the hormonal flip inside of a woman's body is responsible for actually the releasing of the placenta of the womb wall. And so that there's a tremendous amount of transitioning going on but whatever runs through the placenta runs through that cord and runs into your baby. And so if we cut the cord of, of the baby, which is the baby's cord, 
then we are separating it from whatever was still supposed to naturally come through that. And the question would be, do you want to not have your child? Everything that is by by design of our of our human blueprint actually supposed to be hers or his. And when you ask that question, no, I want my child to have everything. I want my child to have the best. And it's not about, you know, getting the best bike or getting the best crib or getting the best, you know, uh, we the, the the little push uh, push trolley for um, baby carriage to be driven around. All those things are all nice, but if you really look at physiological, nutritional, and and also spiritual infusion, the question would be: Do you want your child to have everything, or do you want your child to have just you know whatever is available? If everything is available, would you like your child to have that? Well, if if you are a yes to that, you want to discuss lotus birth. You want to make sure that the placenta gets birthed first, and then you wait. You wait until the cord fully pulsates out, until all the blood that is still and all the beautiful hormonal infusion that is still to come through, that is your babies to have. It's not for blood banking. It's not like what what is the function of cutting the cord prematurely and and then discarding this this amazing organ that has actually grown your baby. And so it's really relevant to pause at that moment of birth and say, I want the best for my child. And the best is by nature's design and nature's design is for the placenta to be birthed. And for the placenta to totally pulse out until the placenta has given everything that it was naturally designed to pass on through that cord into my baby. I want my baby to have everything. And when a man gets that, and when his woman also feels like, yeah, that's natural, he gets to make a stand in the birth space for that. When he recognizes that he wants the best not just as a birthing outcome, but the best nutrition, the best infusion, and the fullest download of whatever was supposed to come through that placenta. When he's clear that that's what he wants, then he's got something to stand in. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be able to have a role that is powerful in that space because very standard practice is that that cord gets clamped and cut. Mm-hmm. And he can then say, hey, this is my child. This is our child, but in the space of a doctor, he may say, this is my child and I want my child to have everything that nature designed for it. And so we are, we contract, we, you and I, we are not gonna clamp that cord and we are not gonna cut it until the placenta is birthed and everything that is by nature's design supposed to come into my baby has actually come through. And we, my wife and I are gonna let you know when that moment is ripe and ready, when we feel ready. And that's like, it's your baby. It's your birth process. Nobody's doing the birthing for you. It's it's your legacy that you get to shape and put into motion. And it's really in that moment when we understand Lotus birth and the beautiful significance of it, we get to feel as men empowered in that birthing space. And oh my God, is she going to feel held? She feels that she's got a man that is very clear on what he wants for their child together. And the beautiful thing is, in in all of it, that it really means doing nothing. He gets to show up powerfully, state his proclamation, 
and you wait. You allow the natural order to just naturally unfold. She births the placenta. There's ease and grace because now the time for clamping and cutting and all of that has been put off the table. We're just going to wait, which also means that when the cord is not cut, baby gets to come on the chest because the placenta and, and, and the baby are connected to a certain length of the cord. So that means that the baby isn't just going to be weighed instantly and checked instantly and all of these things that in the medical world need to happen right after it's come out of the vagina. No, what you do is you let that process be a grace process. It's a beautiful grace period because the cord is only so long. And it really creates a birthing space that has so much more relaxation. And I and I know birth is intense, but it has so much more grace built into it. And, and a man can really make a stand for wanting the best, wanting the best for his child, for their child. And that means then just not having the baby rushed off to have it weighed or dried up. It's like, mm. no, we can do it later. What's the rush? Why, why rush into that? Mm. And, and it just puts all of it off the table. And yeah, that's just what I have to say on that notion. It's called Lotus Birth. I teach men about it in a very practical way. Um, I share with women around it that find it just a beautiful story in and of itself. Sometimes it's unfamiliar. And yet when everybody feels into it, they're like, but that's how it's naturally supposed to be. Mm. When all the tumultuous processes are complete then when it's the time and everything has been received and downloaded then you can say all right for practical reasons are we ready to cut the cord and we can say yeah well yeah i guess if you want to weigh the baby now um sure yeah but lotus birth shifts the entire frequency of how the support systems in place are going to be performing their roles and their function in the space. It's going to really change things from interventional or, or monitoring intensely to hands off mm. and hands off is a beautiful approach because guess what? All women for thousands and thousands and thousands of years are in, have the inborn innate power in and of themselves to go through that rite of passage into motherhood without anybody doing the birthing. Mm. There has been no woman on planet earth that has ever birthed a child where somebody else was actually doing the birthing for us. And it's like a no brainer, but somehow it has been somewhat removed from woman's significant role and power and and that's where I feel that lotus birth just keeps all of that naturally in place. Mm. I think when some people hear lotus birth, they imagine people nursing their placentas for a week with lots of herbs and it can get smelly. I think that's what comes to a lot of people's minds. So would you just describe in a nutshell what, what is lotus birth? When you're talking about lotus birth, is that what you're talking about? Or are they, are they just hearing what are they, have they got the wrong end of the stick? What's your, what, how would you describe lotus birth? Well, lotus, like when you, when, when you think about a lotus plant, mm. so down in the in the mud of a beautiful pond, there resides this, well, let's call it the placenta. 
And it has a stem and it goes all the way through the water. And on the top, this beautiful lotus is um, given shape and expressed. And so it's that connection from a darkened space into the beautiful expression of new life coming to bloom and blossom. When you cut the connection between the flowering flower on the top of the pond and the, the seed or the root structure that is underneath that or the bulb really, um, well, you're going to have that flower for a very short period of time. So the lotus as a, as a metaphor is understood to be like, yeah, there's a connection between something deep within or deep in, in, in the unseeable into the expressionable that is, you know, baby coming through the placenta is still within. Mm -hmm. And there are many ways to approach lotus birth. Um, for me, the most relevant step in recognizing what lotus birth is, is what I spoke to first. You have to see that birth is a sacred passage journey of the soul enshrined within your baby's body coming into this earthly realm, out of the spirit realm, now in physicality, coming into the earthly plane. And you have to see that as a sacred birthing process. Mm. If you don't have reverence for it, then you're going to be very prone to all sorts of cult programmed ideas that are upheld in the westernized, standardized, medicalized birthing practices of the Western world. And when you bring it back to the essence that you and her have procreated, new life, a soul is going to come in, it's going to be your child, and you have reference for that process, what, what happens is that you're going to be so much more open to this concept of lotus birth. Mm -hmm. If you don't have reverence for it, and you're just going to explore lotus birth and be like, well, now we got this placenta, and now we got to put it in a, in, a, in a little bag. And it's not this little placenta. It's literally the organ that has grown and formed the child that you get to hold in your hand to discard of it as if it's just some like weird object and I don't understand it and let's just get rid of it because I don't want to see because it, it weirds me out. Well, then you're not, not having reverence mm. for the immaculate design. Like there's no other way. There's, there's not like a different way to birth a child. You, you can't have a baby without a placenta. And so when you when you when you realize that it's all part and parcel of something really ununderstandable, but you can just have respect for how that is embedded in our human nature, then you're going to be more hands off and you're going to be more OK with like, OK, you know what, if the true natural way is to go all the way with this placenta thing and the cord and i'm going to develop some reverence and respect for the fact that that's actually what formed my baby um i'm going to i'm going to go all the way and 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 see what happens well what happens naturally the cord dries up and it dries up really quickly like mm -hmm. within a day it will have shrunken down so fast and it dries up and shrivels and then at the point of the navel it will start drying up more and more and more and our second child she kicked off her own cord on the second day. Mm. And it just, you know, she was just moving her little feet around and she got the cord in between her little toes and she pulled it off herself. Mm. Now I go into a lot more of the spiritual 
implications around human sovereignty and and right from birth having as a sovereign human being the right to choose mm-hmm. and that may go a little bit far for some people but that placenta if you properly understand it is your babies yeah that placenta belongs to her or him it's formed it it's it's made it and it has had an intimate nine month long relationship to it. The only physiological collect connection to the to, to the physical world outside of the womb wall has been this cord that it's been touching and moving with. And every time they touched it, it felt do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. If you prematurely cut that cord, that which this baby has known for nine months, all of a sudden disappears. Mm. Where did that go? And so when you think about what the impacts may be of cutting this cord prematurely, you may say, ah, well, you know, let's not be too hard on it. Uh, Let's not, uh, it's like treat birth as sacred and your whole worldview will flip 180 degrees because now what you're really saying is like, I'm going to determine for my daughter whether or not it is her choice to have a connection to that of which actually formed her. This and, and, in, and in spiritual traditions, mostly indigenous, the placenta is known as the spiritual twin to the child. Mm. And if you're going to be the decider on separating her or him from her spiritual twin, um, well, you may want to look at that. Yeah. Just because you're uncomfortable, just because you feel like, well, we got to fit in with the program of that program of the Western world is not the program of the natural order. Mm. And the reason that I'm so adamant about is because like you, Alexia, I am so involved in actually helping people clear this unconsciously stored trauma from the womb, which I call the toxic womb syndrome. Um, All the emotions that run through a woman's emotional field go through the baby's field. They imprint everything that happens in that womb imprints and it imprints and it imprints. So the better we can imprint a child with better feelings and emotions, the more resilient and whole it's going to be. And when we intervene in the natural order, we are imprinting onto the child. And so I'm not going to go just now into the impacts of cutting that cord, but, but what it really is for me about is having reverence for the soul that has chosen to join you in your family and that you allow that soul to have all the time to have the this the 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 passing away of the core to happen when it is ready and i can tell you from my own experience that the difference in how humans show up with having their court and their connection to their spiritual twin respected and those that have not, there is a huge difference. And, and the singular difference is that the children that are born in lotus birth, no matter how much trauma they incurred later in life, they are so much more resilient. They so much know more know who they are from within because mm. nothing ever got tempered with. Mm. I would I'd love to go down that whole conversation room with you, but I'm just noticing we've already been talking for quite some time. Um, and so maybe we'll have to do that some other time. Now, 
your work sounds incredibly, it, just incredible. It sounds like you talk men through this process. So if people want to find out more about your work, Sovereign, how can they track you down? How can they attend some of your workshops? Do tell us a little bit about that so I can pop some links and people can track you down. So great. Well, um, I'm on Instagram. I'm not very good at that stuff because I don't think it's really a realm for us guys where we hang out a lot. Um, but it, but it's it's the place where I get picked up by by you, for instance. So this is good. This is how I'm I'm able to make my way out into the world of men. Um, so I'm under Awakening Sovereignty, uh, and I am hosting regular mini workshops on reclaiming sovereignty. Really looking at all right. We all know that we got programmed and schooled what I call education. You know, we all went through 10, 15 years of just like needing to show up for all these classes and all this information and all these tests and just so that we could get a job and we become proficient at that at some level but something is still missing mm -hmm. and it's that we don't feel fully free we don't feel fully whole we don't feel really like wow i'm in my power or when we feel in a sense of power as men we kind of have this like it's very emasculated you could almost call it like it's 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 just one expression of it and because it has the overhand it it doesn't actually feel fully like like we men we have feelings of course we have feelings all humans are feeling based creatures let's get that very clear so in my workshops i dive into the programming the education the english syntax that has really been kind of shrewd around us without us knowing and in that i take them into this awareness of lotus birth and birthing as a, as a as a natural practice and then i speak about the rec reclamation of their will to really start working with their will to get more into the connection of that feeling based point of sovereignty that every man deserves but also really benefits getting more connected with and in the mini workshops that when you get on my mailing list through getting uh, to sovereignsharing.net and sovereign being with SOU, like it is in my name here, um, you can just connect in on the mailing list there and you'll just get a notification. Hey, like I'm thinking about putting this workshop on. If you're yes to this, let me know. Mm. I don't, I don't initiate entire programs anymore. I did like you know, did the video recorded, pre-recorded stuff. And I really realized people just want to have live interaction. And what we mostly want, we want it compact. We don't want an eight hour or two day or a long weekend. We want to have something that in three hours we can take in, we can digest. And then when certain pieces speak to people, they reach out and say, all right, I'm ready. I want to, I want to address this particular part. And really from anything to do with pregnancy, birth, sovereignty, will reclamation, undoing cult programming, seeing through the matrix of lies, seeing through the, the, the charade of what's been happening over the past two years. I can go in all of those areas, but it's really important to say that I don't do battle with the world of men. I don't bitch fight. I don't, I'm not coming into any form of like I'm unresolved and I have something to share with you that will make you feel more strong on how to deal with the, the outer world. What I take people into is how to get connected and how to reconnect the disconnections inside on that internal landscape 
so that we as men can start getting comfortable with recognizing the different feelings and being able to shift our communication from, I think, I think, I think to, you know what, I'm just going to say, I feel Mm. it's a good starting point. And the reason for that is I teach people feeling based relating because we're feeling based creatures. When we start relating from our feelings, simply by saying, I feel, instead of saying, I think, the amount of conflict that you are going to be avoiding or naturally doesn't show up anymore is mind boggling. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, it is like, how can such a simple shift in words change the amount of discussions and arguments that you're having and actually allows you to stay in your own space? Mm. simply by saying i feel and i'm not going to go into that here but that's a that's a huge shift just like going from she into we yeah no yeah i can totally see that absolutely see that well that sounds any any guy or any anybody listen to this just direct the men in your life towards the work that you're doing sovereign because i think it's world changing and like yeah totally. and it's so relevant like it's i know that there's so many men out there that let me just give a personal ex- ex- example. We were going to do home birth. It was going to be a water birth. My wife was hypnobirthing. She was doing all these things. And she would say, I really want you to watch these videos with me. So I kind of forced myself. But look, I had a predisposition to natural home birthing. And so I kind of like, all right, watching these videos. And I'm like, I can't relate to any of that. It's just this woman going through this intense you know, journey and and they're all talking and yes, I'm. it's all information, but it's two and a half hours long. Like, what the what? Like, I don't have, you know, I just want to turn on some Netflix and maybe, you know, watch some fast cars driving because I've just been doing other stuff all day. And so what I found is that for me, it was very challenging to show up in that space because I didn't have any men in my environment that I could, and, and I mean like another guy, a brother that is just a regular guy that has personal experience and, and through his personal experience, he can actually share what the things are that you can avoid. And right after our firstborn, I was pretty adamant that at one, one point in my life, I'm going to help other men not go through the same shit that I was unprepared for to navigate and just give them some some simple stepping stones along the way so that they can actually feel like, oh, okay, I'm okay. We are okay. This is okay. And in that space, I'm going to just be more okay also with myself. And I actually get to know things to do and how to do. They're very simple, but they're a lot more practical and a lot more functional than going and already building the cubby house or Mm. thinking that the entire lawn needs to be mowed in the third month, you know, end of the first trimester. No, no, no. That's nice if you want to have a mental break and you want to go and sit on the lawnmower or, or push that thing around. It's There's so much more practical, simple steps that really make this journey one of coming together as a union And then there is a a plurality that gets birthed out of that, of course, after nine months. So I learned that I really would have wanted a guy 
that wasn't just approaching me and said, like, hey, you're going to have birth. This is what you need to do. Da, 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 da. It's like, no, I would have just wanted to say, like, hey, if you want some information of what to avoid and what you can actually practically do to step into, give me a call, reach out. Let's have a chat. Let's have a beer together because... I feel that I could really share something of value um, that mm. I am turning into that guy. I've become that guy. And, and that's, that's an honor because really what I serve in it, and that may sound a little bit strange. My mission here is for the children, past, present, and future. Mm. The past ones are the ones that all got dissociated and violated and traumatized that are still alive in us that we can bring home and we can reintegrate those as the children of today how do we raise younglings how do we how do we raise them as opposed to bringing them down and we won't go into that but then there's the children of the future so if there's men out of out there that are like all right i kind of hear all of this but you're here for the future well-being of my child i'm kind of i can align with that because that's what is going to shift our entire world chaos. The new earth or whatever you want to call it, healing this, this distorted, westernized mentality and, and almost sickness out there starts at birth. Mm. And that's what I'm a stand for. And I'm a stand for men wanting to stand more clearly and self-empowered in that space so that they can serve their woman and she can just Wow, give her the glow and, and return all that love. Yeah, no, you're right. The moment, to, the, the opportunity we have to heal the world is through birth because the ripple effect of that birth moment, the sacred nature of it. We, as a as a mother and a father, bringing in a baby can heal ourselves as, a pro, as part of that because I think a huge part of my journey was I had to face up to my fears, I had to heal my fears. And the like birth forced me to do that. There's no escape for women. If you're if you have a lot of fears, there's no getting off that train when it starts, right? You kind of have to face up to your shit. If you don't, then you're in for a difficult birth experience. So it's an opportunity to show up, to step up. Guys, it's also that experience, but they don't kind of have the birth moment forced on them. And they can kind of like check out, get off the train at that point, go, right, call me when you get there and, and slip back in at the end. But actually, if both show up, heal their shit that is being presented, that is being brought up for them to deal with for the child, for to create this amazing moment when the birth arrives, it transforms everything. The ripple effect of that birth on the world is phenomenal. And that's the one thing that totally inspired my work. It still does because I recognize the sacred nature of that birth moment. And I think we, a lot of people don't face up to their stuff because they don't value themselves high enough to do that, but they will do it for the baby. I did it because I wanted my baby to have an incredible birth experience. And I didn't want to pass on the allergies and the eczema and all that stress created dis-ease that I know mm -hmm. comes from a stressed mama. I wanted to avoid all of that and I did it for them. Would I have done that for me? I don't know. Birth forced me to step up in a way that I don't know I could have done for myself. And we need to kind of take that and use it because, and then when you're saying, when you said, you know, I think you've said it as part of your things, I need, it's going to help me connect within. It's going to help me be more connected to myself as men, as people. If we can do that, my goodness, then that's going to help you to be a much better person, much better parent. I mean, I could, as you can see, talk about this for hours, <laughs> but everything that you've described 
<clears throat> is a million yeses from me because I think the this sacred nature of birth just invites us to do that. And and what we what we need to do is respond to that call and step up and say, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to do my bit and I'm going to do what I can to make the next part of humanity as best the, the way that I can impact that the best way I possibly can. Totally, so, totally. Yeah. I'm and, so with you, Alexia. That is that's just wow, music to my ears. Yeah. And I, I very much look forward to having another ongoing conversation around this. I think this um this is a topic dear to our hearts, but it's it's so dear to to humanity. Yeah. And just on a last note, if there are any men listening to this that are in the process of getting ready for birth or they're just newly figured out that she is pregnant, but not oh, we are pregnant. I just want you to know one thing. You got this. You have all the resources, power by means of your will and your willingness inside. If you're not willing, it ain't going to happen. But if you are willing, I want you to know you got it all. Mm. It's just it's it's relevant for men to hear that, that you got this. You can show up. You can connect with your baby you can find the pathways and it doesn't mean that you have to watch these endless long movies where you're like getting so much oestrogen and, and oxytocin washed over you that you feel like you're losing your manhood no we can have man-based conversations around all of this but it's important that before you even step into finding a coach or finding a support person in your like, how do I navigate this process? How do I show up more po powerfully? Is that before you step into that, just know that you got it. Yeah. Because if you come into the conversation from a place of disempowerment, I don't have it. I'm okay. This guy's saying I already have it. Great. Now I want to figure out what that is mm -hmm. and we can build on that. And, and that's really important because so many men unconsciously or silently suffer from this feeling demasculated that they don't have it, that that they don't know because it, they weren't, nobody taught them anything. Mm. And the reality of it is you have it all within. You can indeed unlock it, but you have to be willing. Mm. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Sovereign, for everything that you shared today. It's been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And I do hope that we can maybe jump on another conversation another time at some point in the future and i want to give you a big hug in bali you're in bali and uh yeah, yeah it's lovely where you are so thank so, you and uh let's touch base soon nice ciao ciao thank you for listening fear free childbirth and motherhood is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy birth and motherhood with fear clearance meditations mindset courses professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia Find out more at fearfreechildbirth.com.